Any failure that I had really impacted me as a person and I thought that I had to uphold certain standards and certain body images to be a runner. And so every time I ran, I was constantly thinking about what I ate that day, how I looked, whether I was lean enough, whether I was, you know, did I look like someone who is a runner, um, in, you know? And so that was a really negative thing for me. And that is why I took such a big step back. And that's actually a reason why, I think a lot of people actually don't know about this. Um, I told people when I, um, when people asked me, why did I stop running competitively? I used to just say, oh, like it was too much. Um, my life wasn't balanced enough. I didn't have much of a social life. But the real reason was because I actually wasn't healthy. I, my body wasn't getting enough nutrients and I was overtraining. Welcome everyone to Life is Lisa podcast. Our mission at Life is Lisa is to share people's stories and the challenges that they have overcome so that those who are listening in can get the strength, the courage, and the hope to be their better selves. Today, we have a very special guest. She is a full-time uni student. She loves running and she shares the impact the running has had on her through her social media and she encourages you to become your best self. There's so much more to running that you would initially think. It impacts your mental health, your physical health, and your life in general. She's also, she also does so much, so, so much. She has a side hustle and works part-time at her bone. And she is also building this beautiful community on her social media and inspiring you to be your best self. She's sharing all her running escapades and also lifestyle and studying routines. And I'm just so happy to have her on this podcast. Natalia, welcome to the show. Hello. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for that introduction. Wow. I feel almost like flattered. I feel like I've never summarized it myself. You know what I mean? Like you never get someone describing all that you're doing. And once you put it into words, I'm like, oh, wow, that is me. Like, hello. <laughs> and I forgot to add. And recently she just started a podcast of her own. Check it out. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and I'm just excited to chat with you and yeah, tell you more about my story and kind of like what I've been doing and yeah, more about my running journey, I guess. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't know there's that much to running until I followed your page. And I personally love running myself. And I definitely felt the impact of running on my mental health and just in general of working out. But uh, it definitely seems like running is one of your biggest passions. And let's start there. How did tell me about your first run? How did you start it? Where did your running journey start? And where is it taking you now? Yeah, so I feel like um, there are so many layers to running for sure, um, like you said, and sometimes people don't know that. And I think I've only recently realized because I've reflected on my past and realized what running has brought me throughout the years and what, you know, what experiences has given me um, and it's helped me face challenges. So taking it right back to the beginning, I actually started running from a very young age. I was very lucky to grow up with my dad, who was a runner. He ran like quite a few marathons um, during his early years um, in high school and uh, sorry, not high school, like university level. And so I think I was inspired by him. And so I used to go on little runs with him and he pushed me to do that extra, you know, we started like 2K and then the next month we do 3K. And I remember being like probably eight, nine years old um, doing that with my dad. And so I then started entering into those like little fun races that you do with the little kids that you see. And I think from there, I really found my passion for running because 
I, I saw it bring a community of people together. And from a young age, you kind of learn what it is to compete and um, be in that competitive environment. So I think I loved just being there and running and trying my best that day and just like pe having people applaud me and my parents being proud of me. Um, that's where it started. <laughs> I can definitely imagine you little eight years old running next to your dad and feeling so proud and to just have to participate in that activity. And yeah. I am just also want to want to mention that I'm so impressed that as a uni student, you also find time to actually prep for half marathons and maybe I'm a spoiler in a bit uh, before you start to share with you how is the journey going on right now. Uh, but how do you actually manage to find space for actually running also in such a busy, hectic uh, schedule for a uni student? Yeah, that's a really good question, actually. Thank you for asking that, because I feel like I actually don't really share much of that. Um, I feel like I post a lot and I, you know, I show a lot of what I'm doing, but no one really knows, you know, how, what the background is, what I'm, what's actually going on day to day. So that is a good question. Um, it's been difficult. I can definitely say it's a big challenge that I've taken on. Um, going into my first year, I think what helped me is that in my first year, I was actually a track athlete for the university that I was in. Um, it's not actually UBC that I'm in right now. It's another university called Trinity Western. Um, and they, so I was doing cross country first in my first semester of uni and then track and field in the second. And I think that kind of prepped me to have a very strict routine. Like my life in first year was pretty much studying, training every single day and then racing on the weekends. And so I got used to that lifestyle, but I definitely got burnt out at the, the end of first year, which is why I decided to take, take a step back and just run for myself. Um, and so now I definitely have more of a balanced life where running isn't my priority, but I do prioritize it for my mental health and my physical health. But I also ensure that I do have balance. So it does take, I think, sometimes training for something so big like a half marathon means I don't go out that Friday night where everyone's going out because I have to ensure that I get enough sleep but also it, it sometimes means that I don't do that training session and do have a so you know have go out and have fun because I think balance is so important so it's definitely a commitment um and there are things that you kind of have to uh I guess prioritize and things that you don't do um and yeah. Yeah, this semester has been a lot of, for sure, just like focusing on growth and focusing on me. And so I've taken a step back and I've been focusing on the relationships that I already have, growing with them, and then also focusing and improving my running journey. So it's kind of been a mix. I'm definitely learning still. Um, every season is like a new season for me. And, you know, I take something new from each semester and each month. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think you just touched upon two very important aspects. One aspect that I really also wanted to talk further about is the impact of running on mental health, because mm -hmm. I feel like with every exercise, once you just like, start working out, it also has some impact on your mental health. You literally feel more confident. You feel more sane. Sometimes it feels like you, you can go feel like you're going crazy. And then you work out and like, oh, I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> And so that's one aspect. And the other important aspect that you mentioned was the balance part and uh, that, that you mentioned the first year, it was a bit too intense towards one side, following this very strict schedule and 
that was the only thing you were doing. And then you found a way to live a more balanced life that's more sustainable, at least at this in this season of your life. So I wanted yeah. to touch a po uh, um, on both of them. And I mentioned them now so that we don't forget that we wanted to touch. <laughs> <laughs> idea. Yeah. So what kind of impact do you think running has had on your mental health? And would you also say that it just, yeah, I, I don't want to spoiler with my own answer. So what kind of impact would you say running has had on your mental health? Yeah. So it's definitely had a huge impact, a positive impact. Mm actually think back at it to a deeper level, to a deeper extent, I've had both sides of the spectrum. I've had running actually negatively impact my mental health. And I'll go deeper into that. But also, as of recent, it's been more of my men positive mental health outlet. And that's the reason why I decided to sign up for this half marathon, because I'm like, I need I needed a goal to work towards, I needed a reason to run, I needed more of a purpose, because I think growing up, you know, being a track athlete and always having those races and a coach tell you what to do, it was easy to just um, have something to work towards. But when you're kind of building your own life now and you're, you know, I'm setting my own goals, I had something to work towards. So um, the negative aspect was actually something that was during my high school years, my last two years of high school, I felt that um, running had a huge impact on my body image and um, just how what I how I viewed myself. And I felt like, you know, my any failure that I had really impacted me as a person. And I thought that I had to uphold certain standards and certain body images to, to be a runner. And so every time I ran, I was constantly thinking about what I ate that day, how I looked, whether I was lean enough, whether I was, you know, did I look like someone who is a runner, um, in, mm -hmm. you know? And so that was a really negative thing for me. And that is why I took such a big step back. And that's actually a reason why I think a lot of people actually don't know about this. Um, I told people when I, um, when people ask me, why did I stop running competitively? I used to just say, oh, like it was too much. Um, my life wasn't balanced enough. I didn't have much of a social life, but the real reason was because I actually wasn't healthy. I, my body wasn't getting enough nutrients and I was overtraining. Um, so that was, that was that. <laughs> um, and so I kind of it took a while to fix my relationship with running again. And it took a few months and honestly, even years, I think COVID really helped because it allowed me to slow down again and to just stay present and really understand what it is I want to do and how I want to go forward. And now I've kind of regained a more positive relationship with running. And now it's an outlet. Every time I get really stressed, I'll go on a run. I don't put the same pressure on myself as I used to. It's more just like, you know what, today you're just going to go for a run because you are able to go for a run because I can, because my body allows it allows me to do that rather than like you have to go to a run on a run because you have to get this goal like it's more of a I'm just trying to be kinder with myself and I've definitely seen a huge difference because of that I just had goosebumps when you were sharing your story and firstly thank you so much for being so brave and sharing it here and opening up about your journey and uh the real reason why you stopped running. And I'm sure so many young girls are also struggling at times with body image and how they believe they should look and trying to fit in some criteria that they have in their own minds. And I find that your example and you being so open and vulnerable and someone listening in, they could also relate to that and also start working on uh, building a kinder relationship with themselves and mm -hmm. a bit more of the, uh, many, uh, um, 
working a bit more on the self-love part and self-love mm -hmm. practices as well. And I think that's very important. What's also even more impressive that you managed to heal that relationship with running and actually go back to running and do it in the way that actually works for you. And that's <laughs> even more impressive. So you took the thing and you realized that it's not really working. You just took a step back and then redone the thing that actually in the way that is perfect for you. And I think that, that that's often, that's very impressive. And often we just overlook the small things that our small wins. And I love that when, when you post on your social media about your weekly wins, because some things like this, we just often overlook and we don't give enough, um, enough credit to ourselves for things like this, that we've overcame and achieved. And uh, I think this is just a moment for you now when even here you're in this podcast and you're sharing your story and for me just to realize how far you've come and also for yourself to realize how far you've come. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely say that we can be our worst critics and that is definitely something I've experienced. I've been so harsh on myself and um, it's definitely taken me a really long time to be able to open up about um, my body image and my issues that I've had with running. It's definitely taken a lot of courage and self-work and self-development, but I've gone to a place where I want to open up and I want to share this because like you said, there are so many people um, who may also be struggling. And, you know, if I share my story and if I help people or at least provide my advice and experience, then maybe even if that helps one person, that's already, like you said, I guess a win for me. <laughs> yeah. This is just so, so beautiful. And I, I feel like this shows how you are as a person. Just you open up and being vulnerable so that you can help other people. And that's very impressive. And I wanted to actually uh, ask you about the part of the second part when you were mentioning about uh, finding balance and building a different type of lifestyle. How did you actually manage to find balance and how how do you actually know when you're just not being lazy and not doing something and mm -hmm. or you really need that night off or how, how would how is that working for you? Yeah, that's a really good question. That is very difficult as well. Um, but I think it's definitely, it's taken me a really long time, but thinking back to it now, um, during COVID, I was definitely an extreme version of myself in terms of my first semester at university was fully online. It was at a new university, which is the one I'm at now, or UBC. And so because I kind of had everything was online. I was in my room. I thought that I had to work 24 seven. Like my schedule looked, I would wake up at 6 AM. Um, I would start studying at seven and then I would finish studying at 10 PM. And somewhere between then I would go and do like a gym session or, um, a run. And that was my life. I had, it was just awful. And I realized I'd gone to such a horrible mental state at that point that I had to drop a class. I just really wasn't doing well. And, um, I knew that something had to change. So I decided and I was very lucky enough to be able to move to university even during COVID, um, which was a new city. So I was no longer living with my family and I was finally living with roommates again. And I can honestly um, say that a lot of it had to do with the people that I was surrounded by because I was surrounded by completely new people that I'd never been with before. And I was kind of watching their living habits. And my roommates were the opposite to me. They loved having, you know, a lot of social time and they weren't as strict with their school schedule. I, I'm, I, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, which is why I do, I have like an extreme, extreme versions of myself, but because they had more of a balance in their life. And I, I feel like we both 
both of our like all of us we kind of shared aspects of each other and um like I for example showed them you know what it's like to have a running routine or like a balance um not a balanced routine an exercise routine whereas they showed me what it's like to have social life so that kind of gave me an understanding of balance um and from that from then on I kind of learned that you know university is not all about the academics it's not all about achieving the best grades it's also about being able to reflect back on your journey and being like wow my years at university were incredible i yes i studied but i also had you know i met so many incredible people and i realized that was what i was missing and so when i started incorporating you know going out to social events and finding time to actually spend with people, I realized that it had such a positive impact on my mental health and on my grades as well. My grades didn't necessarily go down because I think I was just happier mentally. And so, yeah, it's taken time. Um, and you asked a question about, you know, how do I know if I'm not just being lazy and how do I know that I'm just giving myself time? And I still struggle with that, but I'll give an example. Last night, for example, I was at work all day and then I came back and I told myself that I was going to study for this quiz that I had this morning. And I got home and I realized like I literally just did not have the mental capacity to sit down and study. And so instead I was like, you know what, tonight, if I just take the night off, that means I'll have more energy tomorrow morning because I've given myself a mental night of rest. And so instead I came home and I actually just listened to music for two hours and it was the best thing ever. And I woke up this morning with so much energy. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of a little example of that. I love this example. And I feel like it also comes from a lot of self, self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Once you actually know that you can ask yourself, how do I feel at this moment? Do I really feel, do I just not have any mental capacity to solve problems? And then mm-hmm. if you answer yourself honestly, it's like, yeah, actually I feel very tired and I would really love to unwind and I can do it tomorrow. And you have this relationship with yourself where you can ask yourself that question and get a truthful reply back. And, That's very true, yeah. and I feel like that has been a very important part for myself because mm-hmm. I work out usually quite regular. I work out five times a week and I always ask myself whenever my mind starts coming up with some reason why I should not work out, I always ask myself, what is the why? Is it just because you feel lazy or is it because you really feel your body is tired? You don't feel so well or something else is going on. And just to have, having that mental conversation with myself and being aware has been so helpful Mm -hmm. to distinguish that. And when you also said, told your story, I I loved it so much because it also pointed towards that. It pointed towards being aware and knowing yourself. And Mm -hmm. I think that's also part of building the relationship with yourself. Yeah, it takes mental awareness, takes time and it takes a lot of work. Um, But once you get to that place, it's definitely something that has been working for me in terms of like my eating habits as well, Um, because I struggled for so long. I think having the mental awareness of what your body is needing, what nutrients, what your body is craving um, takes a lot of work and like eating intuitively is something that I've been doing for the past year. And for sure, sometimes you don't even know, you know, when you go through a time of like struggling with eating you don't know, are you actually hungry or is your body telling you that you're not hungry? And so I think learning how your body works is a yeah, great way to gain that awareness in both exercise and eating habits. What was it, what was your challenge with eating? Were you, was it also related to running and trying to cut down calories or what, what was it? 
Yeah, so um, I thought, you know, anytime I looked at runners, I looked at like elite athletes who are in the Olympics, who you can tell are very, very lean. I mean, they're, you know, their whole job, their full-time job is running and focusing on getting faster. And also everyone has a different body type, right? So I thought that I had to look a specific way, which is what a classic runner, you know, elite athlete looks like. But what I didn't realize is that Number one, I was still developing. I was still growing. I was, hadn't even matured into my body yet. Um, I couldn't look like someone because my body is my own. It will look the way that it needs to. And so what I was doing is I wasn't eating enough um, because I wanted to be a smaller version of myself. So I was restricting myself for the very for the longest time. I was also I didn't really allow myself to eat chocolate or like indulge anything that was nice and actually made me happy. And for that was probably like for two years. And then unfortunately when you restrict for so long most of the time it will backfire on you and that is what went what can lead into binge eating and that's what happened to me during covid i started binging um, because i would be restricting and then i wouldn't you know my body would be in such a caloric deficit that at night i'm like my body is just telling me i need to eat um so that's kind of my experience with food and now i've definitely gotten to the place where um, I eat more intuitively. I still struggle from time to time, but I can definitely say that I've healed that relationship with food. And um, I think there will always be a certain struggle, um, especially if food for you is a an emotional outlet, which is, it has always been like that for me ever since I was a little kid. So um, yeah, it just really depends. I think everyone's relationship with food is very different, but um, it can lead to you know similar outcomes. Yeah, and also I've actually interviewed two girls, Morgan and Samira, and they're also talking about binge eating. Both of them struggled with it and they actually overcame it and they're very much into the intuitive eating and they also share so many of the practical tips uh, on binge eating and actually how it is like habit and how you rewired your brain. And then actually it is quite, it's more challenging than it just seems on the surface. And I can only imagine because I mean, me, myself, I also used to run a lot. Now I, I work out, I do like home workouts. I, mm -hmm. I stopped trying because my knees were hurting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I felt like such an old person in my early 20s with my teeth. <laughs> 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 my knees are hurting. Have you ever heard of David Goggins? Yes. Oh my gosh. I love David Goggins. He's like, didn't you do his four hour, like the four, it's like four times four times four or something? Yeah, it's uh, four miles every four hours for 48 hours. That is so incredible. You, oh, you basically run 48 miles in 48 hours. But the biggest challenge with that is honestly the fact that you wake up in the middle of the night to go for a run. So because basically for 48 hours, that's what you do. So you start, let's say at 4 p.m. and then you go for your run and then the next one is at 8 p.m. Then the next one is at midnight and then the next one is at 4 in the morning and then it's at 8 in the morning. And it was it was just such a funny experience, to be honest, because I started it at 4 p.m. And, you know, the first run, you you do it, it's just four miles. You do it so fast, you're back. I don't remember, like half an hour it took me back then. And you're back, you know, you still have three and a half hours to rest, to stretch. You feel energized. You can eat, you, you do whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you start, it takes, it's with more and more runs, it starts taking you longer and longer because you're getting also more and more tired. Right. So then you have less and less time to actually rest after your run and oh, your next one is coming. And then especially at the, at the, about the night, the runs that were happening at night, you come back and you feel so energized and pumped, you know, you just like did this right. run and you need to sleep because you need to wake up for your next run. 
That is insane. I that is a crazy challenge. You are incredible that you managed. Like I saw recently, you posted on your social media about it, and like that must have been a, an immense challenge that you took on. And like, what did you learn from it? I'd be interested to know. Yeah, so it was definitely such a mental challenge, but I knew that I'm just not gonna give up. Give up, and so halfway through my challenge. Uh, because I did not properly prep for it as well. And I don't think I had proper shoes. My left knee started, it was at the run that I did and four in the morning, I literally could not step on my leg. Like I could, I could not bend it properly for running. So I could walk, but I could not bend it anymore. And it was hurting so much. And I literally barely made it up the stairs. And I know I have my next run in like now three hours and I cannot, I'm like, I, I cannot do it. But of course, because it's, david goggins challenge and if anyone who who is listening knows david goggins it's not an excuse that he would literally take <laughs> so true knowing him yeah i was like i must keep going so i decided that for the remainder the remainder of the runs i will just walk them so it would take me i was like let me try to walk and maybe i'll try brisk brisk running no no i could not bend my left knee like i literally couldn't bend it um so it was very I don't know why it was hurting so much. I think I Googled afterwards and it said it was like a runner's something when a runner knee problem, but anyways, yeah, yes. But yeah, so anyways, and then I would go for those long walks because now I had to walk. (laughs) So then it would take me even longer on my injured knee to walk. It's just like you walk for an hour and a half and you come back rest for like two hours and a half and you go in another walk, barely making down the stairs because you cannot bend your knee. Uh, but the main lesson was there that I was just so proud of myself for pushing through mm-hmm. this challenge, even though I could not do that in the way I wanted to. And of course, being also quite a perfectionist myself, you can imagine mm-hmm. that it, you don't feel happy about that. You're like, no, I wanted to run all of them and I'm walking. <laughs> so difficult to overcome like i'm so proud of you for finishing it though like you could have easily given up and be like okay i can't run so i'm just gonna you know not so that's no an amazing i felt david goggins like presence next to me like oh my god wow that's amazing (laughs) how did you come across david goggins um i'm just trying to think i i feel like it was like his motivational videos probably on youtube i used to be obsessed so the way i used to get motivated for my runs or like my races would be to go online so random on youtube and i type in like motivational running videos or like motivational speeches and I just like sit for an hour and just listen to like motivational speeches and honestly that's like next level motivation i would get so pumped i'm like i can do this you kind of just take on you like you said you felt his presence i feel like you have that voice in your head and you're like they're telling me I can do it, so I can do it. Um, so it must have been something like that, like his motivational video or something. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes when I have not um, run in a while and then I'm going for my first run, I would just uh, turn, I'll put David Goggins' motivational video in the in my headset and I would go for a run and it just, there's just something about him. I, I don't know. He. I will keep on running. It doesn't matter if I'm tired. It's just like him. He keeps me running. And I think also what was very cool, something that I loved about one of your posts, it said sometimes it's tricky with runs that challenge you because there is basically this fine line between actually knowing when your brain is actually tricking you to say, like, give up now, stop running, you've done enough. 
but actually you would feel so much better if you achieve your goal and you actually have what it takes to achieve that goal. And sometimes when you actually should stop because it's too much, I don't know, have you ever been able to differentiate between the two? Yeah, I mean, kind of, it's a really difficult one. It's kind of where, you know, it's like such a blunt line. Um, I think I, like you said, it's kind of, it takes mental awareness, right? To like figure out how you're actually feeling. Recently, I've been basing it off um, understanding like how much rest I've had recently, how much I've been able to like nourish and eat my and eat um what are my other stressors in life and so if that day i'm like really don't feel like going for a run but i realize i've actually had the sleep that i need i've actually eaten really well um i haven't you know haven't been too stressed that i'm like there really isn't other reason that i shouldn't be like my fog body's feeling well i'll go on that run and realize that that was actually a really good thing that i did because now i'm in a much better better mental state and feeling a lot better but if it's more to do with like you know, I'm really mentally exhausted from school. I just haven't had enough sleep. I feel like pushing your body when you know that, you know, you haven't given it the care that it requires can be quite damaging. Um, not always, like if it's just a one mile run, that could be like great for you because you might feel re-energized. But if, you know, I am have a long run set and I'm forcing myself to do it when I know that it's physically it's going to destroy me that I prefer to st take a step back and reanalyze, but it's difficult. I've definitely not, not a hundred percent there. <laughs> I, 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 I'm asking because that's something that I always struggle myself, having to know when you actually should be pushing harder or where you should actually let yourself step back. So I always ask if anyone has any tips, because that's something that I up to this day, never know. <laughs> mm, it's really difficult and it just depends on so many different factors and, yeah, it's hard. Some, also, something else I really wanted to talk to you about. I know I saw that you posted somewhere that you actually lived in like a lot of countries and you traveled the world quite a lot. How did that happen? Uh, was it something related to your parents or how, how did you li You lived in seven countries, is it? Yes, that's correct. You did some digging. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, so I'm fortunate enough to have grown up in... Um, kind of yeah different countries because of my family and my parents and their work um my mom worked as a translator so you know she was able to kind of like do that from anywhere um and my dad just worked for different companies and so i was born in switzerland actually but wasn't really didn't really live there um was just born there and so i don't people always ask me if i speak <laughs> like swiss or uh french and um and so after that i lived in albania um, that was like up until I was like one years old. Then I lived in Kazakhstan for five years. Um, and that's kind of where I got exposed to nature, I would say. That is where like my love for the outdoors came because we kind of lived in the mountains and that's where I learned to like ski and do outdoor sports. And then I moved to Russia for two years. And then, then that's when I moved to the Middle East and that was the majority of my life. So I spent 10 years in the Middle East in Dubai for seven and then three years, which was my final years of high school in Qatar. Um, so yeah, now in Canada, um, <laughs> so it's been a lot, definitely a lot of like transitions, a lot of moving schools and clubs and, but I think a big reason as well that I got into running was because I lived in the Middle East where it's kind of, you don't have seasons there, right? So you can like always go out for a run. I mean, unless it's like 50 degrees outside, you can't, but 
I think it was a lot easier to get into running. Whereas I realized when I came to Canada, because it snows here, so many people are opposed to running in the winter, which totally makes sense because it's like freezing outside and it's icy and you don't want to slip and fall. And right. So I think I was lucky enough to get exposed to that, like moderate <laughs> seasonality, which allowed me to run all year round. Yeah. And also what kind of, what kind of, would you say advantages living or being exposed to so many different cultures and living in so many different countries has had on you and on how you are? Mm -hmm. I definitely say there is advantages. Um, also some disadvantages that I only really re realized when I came to Canada. Um, I, I am lucky that I have been exposed to so many different cultures, which I think has made me um, just more accepting of people and understanding. Um, it's allowed me to be able to work with so many different types of people um, because I grew up in an international school. So all my, my friends were like from all over the world, which, yeah, is quite cool in itself. Um, and I got to see a lot of different things and, you know, different livelihoods. And um, I think you really get to you get exposed to so many different types of ways of living. Um, and so that definitely made me appreciate what I have. Um, then coming to Canada, I think what the biggest difference was because I grew up around people who were from all over, there were like so many different ideologies and, um, religions and just a mixture of everything. Whereas coming to Canada, you know, I came, started living in a very small city, um, surrounded by people who kind of grew up in the same area. And so it was very difficult for me to adjust and for me to find people who were like me, because I think I was just so used to being surrounded by so many different types of people. Um, it's hard to explain, but it definitely took a lot of adjusting and just understanding that um, every city has its own uh, values and types of people. And uh, yeah, it's I'm really bad at like trying to explain that, but yeah, you, I, I think you're doing amazing. <laughs> I think you're doing great. And personally, I could also relate to what you were saying because I studied in the Netherlands in an international streaming university. So basically we had people from all over the world and it was incredible. So literally my friends, we had like a, fr a big friends group and everyone was from a different country. So like Brazil, Italy, India, all over the world. And I do believe there's almost like a nationality, which is international. Because I know, right? <laughs> you feel, feel like, where are you from? I'm international. I don't mm -hmm. really feel, I don't really feel like I belong to that country or this country. Mm -hmm. I'm just like a mixture. And um, I, so I could really, really relate to what you were saying. And also okay. to the challenge of being, of spending time with people who did not have that kind of exposure to different mm -hmm. cultures and understanding I think it could also definitely be quite challenging because once it, almost like being exposed to different cultures and countries. And I, that's why I also asked you this question, the impact that it had on me, it made me way more open-minded. It made me realize that some things that I thought is just the way it's just the way the world works. You move to a different country and you realize, no, 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 this is not how the world works. It's just how things, uh, beliefs in that country. And then this is something else in this country. So it's just so, so interesting. And, uh, yeah, that you also had kind of a similar experience and now mm -hmm. in Canada, do, in your university, do you have more of an international group or do you, do you have more people who are from Canada? Um, it's quite a mixture at my university. There is a large, um, community of, I'd say international students for sure. But what I find quite difficult is because when I grew up in the middle East, people, 
people ask you, where are you from when you're in the Middle East? And my answer was always, oh, I'm from Canada because my dad's Canadian. And so I had that identity of like, I'm Canadian. <laughs> and so when I moved to Canada, it was really weird for me because I'm like, people ask me where I'm from because I moved, I had a like more of a British accent when I moved to Canada because I did go to a British school slash international. So it'd be like weird because I'm like, I don't know what to say now. I felt like my identity was like international at that point. And so I didn't know what group to integrate myself into. I'm like, do I start, you know, being friends with all the Canadians, but then they all, they had such a different upbringing to me. So it was difficult to relate to their life and it was difficult for them to relate to me. And um, so, yeah, I think I just have like, I'm definitely a person who prefers to have a smaller group of friends, but group friends that are very close to me because I'm a quite a sensitive person. So I prefer to have like deeper conversations than the surface level. So I definitely have just like friends here and there. And they'll be like from honestly all over. Like I have a few Canadian friends, some international friends, friends that are I have abroad still, um, which I keep in contact with well. So it's just yeah, little mixture of variety. Nice. And I was also wondering you also seem like a very ambitious person and what are some of the your future projects or your future big dreams which you're working towards what would they be yeah um that's a good question <laughs> i do definitely feel like i am quite i've always had an ambitious personality um i definitely uh try to look at like the positive side of things and look for the future and have something to work, to work towards In terms, in terms of my running goals, just because I really recently decided that running was something I wanted to make part of my life again, like a few months ago. Um, actually, when I ran my half marathon last year in February was my first half marathon where I kind of decided I need to start, you know, having new goals. And so in terms of my running, I would say uh, I definitely want to run a marathon and that will probably be sometime in like 2023, 2024. Um just to get over that challenge and maybe an Ironman in the future. I just love sport. Like I love swimming. I love biking, all of that. So adding in something that's more complex than running. Uh, in terms of my other goals, it's really difficult to say. I mean, I'm a, a, currently studying in my fourth year. Actually, I have one more year after this um, animal biology. So very different to what I do online um, because I'm, you know, I'm, I talk a lot about like wellness and the health space and running and but animals have always just been a passion so something to do and maybe conservation uh i just yeah really want to protect species and stop them from going extinct so i don't know that's quite like an ambitious goal but maybe working for a conservation company or doing um animal videography is something that i've really been into recently because i just love videography and i love content i think a really great way to engage people and um you know have people care for certain idea or animal is by sharing visual imagery or videography so honestly i don't know i'm kind of just going with the flow every day and trying to figure out life <laughs> as i go yeah. you just named three to four things that your dreams or goals are like and then you're yeah. like no oh, i don't know actually <laughs> <You're just named. laughs> just kind of feel like i'm all over the place sometimes but Yeah, I do, I guess, have those like small, those not small dreams, but those specific goals that I want to work towards. It definitely sounds like you have a direction where you'd like to be going. And I'm sure that it will also take more definite form once you actually start moving closer and closer to, to it. But uh, I do believe that you're taking steps 
daily. And also what I find it quite cool that your personality is so versatile that you post about wellness and running and then you started animal biology and you like videography and doing that. It also just adds up to you a beautiful person, you know, and being versatile and having all these different aspects to you. Thank you. I think that's what I struggle with on social media first, because you know how everyone's like, oh, you have to find a niche, like you have to have like one specific niche. But I was like, that is so difficult for me. I love doing so many different things. And so then I guess when I started kind of just posting, um, you know, who I was, that's when I started gaining like people who, you know, found interest in me because I was just being myself. And so I think that's the most important thing on social media is just being who you are, um, which yeah. I definitely see you doing. And yeah. <laughs> tell that you yeah I just felt like so connected with you even though I have never met you before you know going on this podcast oh and honestly I think you just mentioned the biggest compliment because I really 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 try to just be myself and I know it's quite hard with social media but because it's like how do you share all of it and just show how not only the best moments, but also the negative moments so that people get to know you and can also relate more to you. So I've really been working on that. So now you mentioned that. And now as we met in person, I'm put quotation marks in person because we met online. What would you say? Um, would you say the online image that I've created on Instagram is similar to what you're experiencing on the podcast? I think a hundred percent. I mean, especially because I've listened to your podcast, I think it's a lot easier to like gauge what a person is like through a podcast. Um, but even just looking for through your reels, I think you really do provide like an insight into, yeah, who you are as a person. And this morning I saw that you did like a cold plunge yesterday or like one of those, I was like, wow, that's a, I think that just says a lot about you um, and that you, you know, that's a huge challenge and takes a lot of like um, grit to You should do. try it. You should yeah. try it. I really need to, I love cold water. Like I, I kind of had it like me and my boyfriend last year, we decided that every month we had to go into the Pacific ocean and jump in and no matter the weather. So like I've done it, but I've definitely stepped away from that. I feel like I'm fearing it again. So now that I've seen you do it, I was like, okay, I, I need to go do it again. It's amazing. If you've never heard uh, about Wim Hof, I definitely recommend checking him out. He is the Dutch Iceman. I also I'll, uh, write his name to you. But also basically he explains this whole method because there are lots of fears related to going to the cold. He has a book, he has podcasts, he has interviews. And he basically climbed a mountain. I think it was Kilimanjaro just in his shorts and like sneakers without any t-shirt, like literally surrounded by some he set so many world records he ran a marathon in antarctica like he's crazy so uh, yeah so I, i'm definitely inspired by him and got a lot of knowledge about the cold from him and that's why i know that i'll be fine by going in into the cold water i'm not scared about uh, hyperthermia or things like that uh, that are rational fears that people have yeah Very so definitely check it out and if you do if you do a cold plunge <laughs> please let me know yeah, I will tag you. I'll be like, inspired by you 100%. I need to. It's like, Lisa made me do it. <laughs> she made me do podcast episode. I was forced into it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and um, on this note, where can people connect with you, reach out to you, and see that post of you jumping into the ice cold water or whatever? <laughs> oh, gosh, I need to do it now. Um, yeah, so you can connect with me on my Instagram. That's where I'm at every day. Um, I try to answer as many of your messages possible but my instagram is nats world with two w's yeah. beautiful and my last question would be 
that's the question is quite hard so brace yourself imagine you're 80 years old you're looking back on your life and you think man i should have done that and now going to this present moment there's something that you already know that you really need to do but you have not done it yet what would be what would that something be for you wow that's a deep question um i would say i really want to make some sort of an impact and i know that's you know it's kind of like a human quality you want to feel purpose and an impact on you know this life and so for me it would be looking back i'd want to look back at my life and see that I've been able to impact people positively, people's life. And I don't know what form that would take, but maybe it's in their mental health or in their fitness journeys or whatever it is um, that I would like to do. But also, as I was saying with my love of the animals, I'd love to look back and think, oh, wow, you know, I was able to either set up this conservation and that it's try, you know, help saving the species or even a rescue shelter. I think there's so many animals there that need to be rescued and helped and so looking back and realizing that I was able to help <laughs> would be something that yeah would be amazing to look back at that's beautiful Natalia thank you so much for coming onto the show it's been such a pleasure to talk to you yeah thank you so much for having me this has been incredible and thank you for all the amazing questions really made me think so yeah, I appreciate it so much thank you